Welcome to The Common Share, a podcast about the opportunities and challenges of developing cooperative businesses. The Common Share is produced by Cooperatives First, a business development organization that increases awareness and understanding of the co-op business model and supports cooperative business development in rural and Indigenous communities across Western Canada. For a backgrounder on co-ops and a better way to do business, visit our website, cooperativesfirst.com. The site has great resources and business development tools for groups forming new ventures. I'm Asa Marshall, and this is a special holiday episode where we're going to take a look at co-op's commitment to giving back to their communities. The holidays are a time of giving when people often think about donating to charitable causes. Cooperatives, as businesses that are rooted in their communities, are great at responding to the needs of local people. We thought this would be a good time to take a closer look at how individual cooperatives work to improve the lives of people in their communities. For this episode, we spoke to people from three different co-ops about their community initiatives. First, we spoke to Troy Verboom and Brad DeLore about a fundraiser that began at Sherwood Co-op in Regina and has now spread across the cooperative retailing system. How it works is, on certain days of the year, participating co-op gas stations donate a portion of the cost of every liter of fuel that they sell to a local cause. So the money from the first fundraiser went to the Regina Firefighters Burn Fund. Now they hold a few of these a year, and the money supports different local organizations that include the hospital's neonatal unit, the food bank, and Seoul's Harbor Rescue Mission, which provides food, clothing, and shelter to those in need. Shortly after Sherwood started this program in 2013, the co-op refinery complex in Regina, which supplies gas stations with their gas, came on board to support it. So here's Troy, the CEO of Sherwood Co-op. These things have been quite personalized. We've done 11 of them now since 2013. And, you know, they've taken kind of a name of their own. We do one in February, which goes back to the uh, neonatal unit at the General Hospital. And that's in assist in, in uh, partnership with Rocco Radio. And we've named that one uh, Leaders for Little Ones, which is, which is quite fitting. And then we have, of course, our Fuel Good Day, which is the one in September that gained traction in 2017 right across our system. And then we also have one in December, which is through Regina Food Bank which is the title of that one is Fuel Up to Feed. So fortunate that the refinery was able to come on board with us and, and assist us. So they're not five centiliter days, they're not 10 centiliter days, they're 20 centiliter days. So it, it's been a great thing for the community. We've donated over $635,000 since 2013 just just in these programs. And the, the Fuel Good Day, we've supported Souls Harbor Rescue Mission the last couple of years in 2017 and in 2018 again. They're building a new facility, so we're, we're very pleased to have given them over $129,000. So, you know, people have, have told us that they're close to pushing their vehicles into the into our sites because they've held off buying fuel or maybe they've just put through five bucks in to get them passed because they really want to support the program. So, yeah, it, it's been good and it's gained a lot of traction in the community. As soon as we start talking about leaders for little ones or fuel up to feed, the community is engaged and they know exactly what we're talking about. And they love to hear the results after. We generally do a radio interview afterwards and, again, and thank our friends at the refinery for participating and it is a real feel good program for us in the city here if you look at the seven principles of co-op one of them is the care of community right and i think that we sherwood co-op in particular do an, do an exceptional job of, of supporting the community we're about two-thirds through our year and we have provided over over 400 groups and organizations you know with various donations and sponsorships and, and assistance uh, so far this year so um, we continue to really support the community and care for community and, and give back to those that support us. It's just the right thing to do. You know, it really is the right thing to do. 
as soon as we hear that somebody's in need, we, we just try to help out. We're a local cooperative, and we can't stress that enough to the people in our community uh, how truly local the co-ops are in the community, and the money stays in the community. It's you know it doesn't go outside of our communities like a lot of our larger big box competitors. So the co-op refinery complex was founded in 1935 by eight farmers and has now grown to employ over a thousand people. According to Brad Delorier, the Director of Communications and Public Affairs for the Co-op Refinery Complex, programs like Fuel Good Day are a great way to engage members to support local causes. It goes back to, uh, I guess, the co-op way, right? And it's always about engaging with our communities. It's about building communities and sustaining them. And we're proud to work for an organization that continuously gives back. Uh, the Fuel Good Day is a great opportunity for us, to, as at the refinery, to be able to locally connect with our partners at uh, Sherwood Co-op, uh, and to really drive people into gas stations buying our, our you know, our product, and then uh, feeling good about what they're doing, giving back locally to charities that I think resonate with our public in general. They resonate with our employees, and it gets everybody the ability to really participate in something that's very worthwhile and then we can actually see some of the changes that are happening in our community as a result of of those initiatives. It's a great opportunity to say that right across Western Canada we generated $600,000 for just you know, numerous charities in all of the different regions and all the different provinces and really gives employees an opportunity to get involved. And, and we're proud to say, you know, 10 cents goes a long way. Um, and uh, we've made difference. Uh, we've made impact in our communities. Uh, and Troy and I are very proud uh, of the way that this has gone. And we continue to build and, and continue to brand ourselves and uh, get our customers involved. It's, you know, it's their 10 cents, the company is then matching it, uh, and of course, you know, we're, we're turning around significant dollars uh, to, to charitable causes that are in this city that, in a lot of ways, some of them are connected to already, uh, and it just helps broaden our scope uh, of that corporate giving that uh, the co-op system is so instrumental in. So Brad said that the refinery knew that partnering on this initiative was a natural fit for them. The refinery produces the gas. Sherwood was selling the gas. Uh, it just made this great connection for people to understand the complexity of our organization. You know, because everybody recognizes the co-op for the retails when you're pulling up the gas bar, and and you do have this great facility sitting in Regina uh, with a highly skilled workforce that is producing all of this product that is going right across Western Canada and something we all need and uh, something we continue to deliver on. So it was just, it was a great link for us to be able to help tell our story that, you know, the product that you're buying here is actually the, the gas that is being produced right in your backyard. Though all credit unions are known for investing in their communities, Affinity Credit Union often goes above and beyond. It invests in scholarships, sponsorships, community grants. It gives employees paid days off to volunteer. It also has unique business lines, like a payday loan alternative, and unique loans that support local initiatives. We spoke to Kara Barr, Community Engagement Manager with Affinity, about the ways that credit union gives back to its 46 member communities, both during the holidays and all year round. We really are about supporting communities in a variety of ways. So first and foremost, we really have our, our members' financial well-being in mind. And so we really want to be advisors. We want to help people and give them the knowledge that they need and the products they need in order to make the best financial decisions for themselves and their family. 
That's why we're so passionate about offering free financial literacy training. You're just not taught some of these things in school. So that's one of the ways we contribute. The other way is taking deposits or members' money and reinvesting that back into local business. And so through that, we're helping members of the community really accomplish their goals, whether it's to own a home, to invest in in markets, or to invest in their business. So that's the other way. The third way is the way that I'm most excited about, and that's really the work that we do in the community. So we spend, in 2017, for example, we spent over $2.1 million, and we invested that back into nonprofits that really helped our communities become stronger. We also really are involved with volunteering in the community, so we really encourage all of our employees to get out there and to make a difference. This is the giving season. We like to give all year. Uh, Some of the initiatives we've sponsored most recently around holiday time were ID clinics. So lots of folks are really don't have access to ID because there's barriers to prevent them from getting it. So they might not know where to get ID or they might not have the funds to pay for that. So just in November, we ran a clinic through Classic, and that was to help folks so that they could access social services funding, or they could get a job, or they could apply for a house. So that's one of our focuses this holiday season. The other thing that we do is we have a collection where we have bins in in our Saskatoon Advice Centres, and we're collecting toques, mitts, scarves, so sort of a cold weather strategy. We run our United Way campaign this time of year as well. In the past, we've had some really great initiatives. So I think one of the best feel-good community investment moments I ever had was when the Lighthouse Boilers went out. And that was two Christmases ago. And they needed funds to replace their boilers. And it was right in the holiday season. And so we helped them replace their boilers. So we gave them a grant for that. So we're always just sort of looking for whatever the pressing need is. So why do credit unions approach community investment differently than banks? Kara said that the two main differences are, first, that credit unions exist because of and for their members. So their primary concerns are making members' lives better and supporting their communities rather than profits. Second, she said that credit unions are local and money deposited in them is reinvested in the province. Affinity structure helps the credit union to respond well to local issues, Kara explained. One of the great things is we have a really unique governance structure. So what that means is we have representation from eight different geographic regions. So we have members elected to represent the interests of those areas, as well as an Indigenous district. So we really rely on them because they're the voice of their communities. So they provide us with insight and perspective as to what matters to that community. Maybe it's the seniors hall. Maybe it's folks are struggling with payday lending. Like, they're the ones that that really sort of raise the issues in those communities to us. And then we develop products, services, and investments to help those. So that's one thing. The other thing is we have a really great community team as well. And so we're constantly out in the communities trying to develop relationships, make connections, and do research. Like, what do people in Saskatchewan really need? What's holding them back from accomplishing what they need to? So it's sort of a multi-level approach, but it's a, a lot of research and relationship building. And conversation. Being a cooperative uh, and believing in the cooperative principles and living those, one of those is concern for community. And so it's just part of who we are. It's in our DNA. And uh, yeah, I think that's why we're so great. Like other co-ops and credit unions, many of the people who work at Affinity have strong roots in the co-op sector. Kara told us her unique story and why working for a cooperative is so important to her. So I think once a co-op person, always a co-op person. So my cooperative story started 
years and years ago from birth. So my grandma was actually the GM of the North Battleford Credit Union, and she managed that from 1966 to 1983. And what's really remarkable about that is I think she was one of the only women of her time to really sort of hold hold such a position, especially in a, in a small town community like that. So I've really looked up to grandma throughout my career. And I think she's one of my biggest mentors, my biggest influencers. And one of the reasons why I, I've stayed connected to credit unions and cooperatives my entire life. So we've heard of a few ways that large co-op retails and credit unions give back, but small co-ops can also give back in ways that can have a big impact. The Bridge City Bicycle Co-op, or BCBC, was created in Saskatoon to provide people with the space, tools, parts, and know-how they need to fix their bikes or to build their own. BCBC co-chair Stan Yu told us about the origins of the co-op and how it has evolved to become more responsive to the community. We struck a partnership with the Core Neighbor Youth Co-op a fellow cooperative in Saskatoon that offers a plethora of different programs for uh, inner city youth that focuses on education, life skills. And once that partnership was formalized and we moved into a space, our organization just completely took off and it has been uh, growing every year exponentially and both in terms of numbers, uh, but also in terms of what we can offer in our community, um, name recognition, and just being able to uh, solidify our presence in the community and be able to offer continuous services has just been such a joy to watch. The original inception of the idea was to almost have a bicycle repair space for people who knew how to fix bikes or people who were really keen how to learn to fix their bike and to come in, borrow tools, borrow parts, learn from each other and uh, have that be the service offered. So it was almost like a club. However, we found that once we obtained our first space, we saw that our organizational DNA started to change. At that time, our board realized that there's something bigger here. We were seeing a lot of youth come by. We were seeing a lot of inner city, a lot of newcomer youth come by because of our proximity to the Core Neighborhood Youth Co-op. Uh, we were seeing that you know the neighborhood that we served were coming because they need access to bicycles for their daily needs. And during that time, there was a shift in mentality and we saw that there's a bigger mission here. There's something that we can do to not just serve people who are like-minded in terms of what we call bike geeks or people who just love cycling, but we are serving a community that may not necessarily come to all the cycling events, but they are cyclists because the bicycle means so much more to them. So during that time, our shift became using the cooperative model as one where, you know, from a club to really a, a service that we can just provide to community while still retaining our organizational DNA of encouraging people to give back, uh, people to teach others, people to volunteer if they can, uh, people to get involved in the co-op. But also now uh, we're using it to cultivate and facilitate community. This holiday season, BCBC has a special program that takes unwanted bikes and puts them in the hands of kids who can use them. Stan told us a bit about the program. 
so this year we started experimenting with kids bike giveaways. This really began when we formalized a partnership with the city of Saskatoon to divert bicycles from the Saskatoon landfill to be reused back in the community. So Every year, hundreds, if not over a thousand bicycles are discarded at the landfill. And usually these are bicycles that have been discarded because people have outgrown them. They've sat in someone's garage for far too long and they just don't know what to do with it. And they revert to the option of just throwing it away. They can easily be reused with a few turns of, of wrenches. And so through this partnership, we were lucky enough to be able to retrieve all these bicycles and be able to take them back to our organization to be reused. And if the bicycles themselves are not in the greatest of condition, we can still uh, harvest parts from them to be reused within our organization as our organization provides parts. This past year, we've experimented with what if for some of our newer volunteers who are interested in learning about bike mechanics, we get them to pair up with one of our more experienced mechanics, mentor them to start learning about how to repair a bike using kids' bikes. And having fixed up some of these kids' bikes, we thought of augmenting our our service of providing bikes to youth. During this Christmas time, uh, we promoted it as part of one of our fundraisers that we would just give away bikes uh, for anyone to come in and they can uh, give the gift of bikes. I think that what makes communities thrive is when people within the community all work together and they give back what they can because they also benefit from that community as well. My hope is that there's a ripple effect so that uh, strong communities makes a strong city. And I, I do think that the cooperative model, you know, with that emphasis on collaboration and with that emphasis on uh, supporting each other, it really positions us well to lead by being the example. To finish this episode, we want to let you know that Cooperatives First itself is an example of how co-ops give back. Our organization was created by Federated Cooperatives Limited and the Cooperative Retailing System, and they created us to promote and support business development based on the co-op model in rural and Indigenous communities across Western Canada. They're also our sole funder, and they fund us because they care about rural and Indigenous communities. They, like us, feel that the cooperative business model can benefit the people living in these areas. As anyone traveling through the Western provinces knows, Federated Cooperatives Limited and the Cooperative Retailing System serve Western Canada. They reach farms and towns most others don't. So much like FCL's well-known Community Spaces Investment Fund, our main purpose is to give back to these rural people and the communities they live in. The difference, of course, is that we do so by investing in business plans and feasibility studies instead of playgrounds and hockey rinks. We're a great example of co-ops giving back to the community and co-ops helping co-ops. With that in mind, we'd like to take this opportunity to thank the staff and boards of these amazing organizations for their investment in us and in the communities of Western Canada. Thank you for daring to go where industry and governments have yet to go and for putting these tools and resources into the hands of those who know best how to use them, the people living in rural and Indigenous communities. So how do co-ops in your area give back to their communities? You can share your story with us on social media, where you can find us either on Facebook or on Twitter as at co-ops underscore first. 
Thank you for joining us for this special holiday edition of The Common Share. We'll be back with our second regular season early in 2019. Happy holidays.